Well, good morning and welcome to City Rantings. I'm your host, Maria Garcia. And right now I'm watching cat videos. Um, that's what the sound you're actually hearing. That's not the actual open of my show because I don't have one. Uh, <laughs> but the cutest thing in the world is to look at these baby animal videos because they make you feel alive. Something about them, right? And uh, Cosmopolitan.com had one out this morning on Twitter that uh, was just too cute to pass up. And what can I say? I am a sucker for baby animal videos. It makes you feel, you know, like there's still hope in the world somehow. I don't know what it is, but I can't pass them up. And when I see them, I'm like, oh, here we go. It's another baby animal video, but I can't help it. I can't help it. So welcome to my first podcast. Um, I have been literally berated by people in my industry of radio why I don't have a podcast because everybody has a podcast my dog should have a podcast by the way he's a Yorkie he'd probably have a lot to say uh you know every kid on the planet has a podcast now and YouTube videos and YouTube channels um and I don't know why people think that they are so worthy to be listened to but somehow you know, that's what kept me from doing a podcast for so long. I'm like, what do I have to say that anybody cares about? But I guess the thing is to put a podcast out now, out there to the world, whether or not anybody ever hears it, and just kind of congratulate yourself and say, okay, I have a podcast. And and you can tell people, you know, hey, I have a podcast. Maybe you want to come on my podcast. It's like the cool thing to do. I don't know what it is. It really, it just, it's a very weird, it's kind of like me and the animal videos. Um, there's no explanation for it. These days, podcasting is what people do with their extra time. And I have now officially come into the fray. So I thank you for being here. I thank you for checking in uh, wherever you are. And if you are listening to this podcast, please email me. Please let me know that somehow you decided, or or if you're on Facebook, please send me a message, comment, whatever it is, because I'd love to know what possessed you to just stop in and listen to City Rantings with Maria Garcia. Um, it is Friday, February 26th, gorgeous, sunny day. I picked the greatest day to do my first podcast because I can't complain about New York weather right now. Well, I can. I mean, it's freezing. It's still 32 degrees. Not pleasant whatsoever. Um, and it's going to a high of 38 today. So uh, staying in the 30s is not fun. Staying in the 30s um, means that spring has not sprung on any level. Spring temperatures are in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Um, I am waiting with bated breath until March 20th, uh, which is the first day of spring. Not that that makes a darn difference, to tell you the truth, because spring arrives and sometimes it gets even colder. Um, yeah, the weather is not my favorite thing about New York City. There's a lot of things I dislike about. I mean, a lot of things I dislike about New York City. It's a really, really big love-hate thing with New York City. I was born here, folks. I was born here. 
things kept bringing me back here. Like I had a lot of family here when I lived in Florida. It was always pulling me back. It's like the mob, they pull you back in. And somehow I kept ending back up in New York City. Then I officially, you know, I met my husband. We moved here. I quite unwillingly, but love makes you do really stupid things. And I left the perfectly sunny, warm world of Florida to come to New York City so I could do radio. And I got to say, it was the best part of my career. When I had a morning show on Long Island at WBLI-FM 106.1, it is still there. (laughs) Still doing well. Uh, I am no longer doing the morning show, but that was the best time. That was the best time. Um, You know, with bad things come good things. And even though I've hated the weather every single day of my life that I've been in New York for the past, on and off for the past like 15 years now, um, I have to say that career-wise, it was great. It is no longer the case, but it was. It was for a while. And I guess like I'm always going to say it's a love-hate thing with New York City. I never had a love-hate thing with Florida. Like Florida, you know, living in Miami, I was happy every day, even when it poured, uh, even when we had hurricanes, because you can't be grouchy when you have a really great tan. And I always had a really great tan in Miami. I just like warm weather. I don't know why anyone wants to live where you have to put on several layers of cotton and, uh, you know, fur animals on your back and hats and gloves and scarves and, and, and boots to stay alive. That doesn't make any sense to me. But if you grow up in this stuff, you know, if you grow up in a freezing environment, like if you grow up in, in New York or the North Pole, and, and that's normal, I guess that's normal to you. But I did not do this. I did not grow up here. I left here when I was six, and I grew up in Florida, where it's just, you know, you wake up and there's sunshine for the most part, and the warm weather kind of helps you get going, and you don't feel like a total drag. When you wake up here in a cold climate, and it's just darkness, and the feeling, you feel like you are in like a prison, and it's dark, and nothing is really inspiring you to get out of bed. Like the sunshine in your eye in Florida made you want to get out of bed. Like, all right, it's sunshine. I've slept. I want to get out there, do something with my day, go to work, go to school, whatever it is you were going to do. But, uh, you know, you wake up in New York and it's dark and it's cold. And all you want to do is pull that blanket over your head and forget that you have anything to do. So that's my first ranting of the day um, of how I just will never, ever, ever appreciate cold weather, ever. And I pray for the day that I don't ever have to wake up and put on a stupid coat. And in the summer, you know, the summer in New York is not wonderful either. It really isn't because you're in the city. See, in Florida, yet again, you could just, you could go to the beach and relieve that hot, you know, horrible weather and you could just go and and enjoy it and kind of revel in it. In the city in the summer, the pavement, you could actually see the heat coming off of it. It is so hot. 
the only escape is running into stores that have really good AC. And then you have salespeople, of course, annoying you to death. And you're like, I'm just here for the AC. I don't want to buy your stupid clothes. Just need the AC. So you feel like you're going to die. Dogs are crapping on the street. And the heat comes off the poop, too, which is never fun. And then uh, then you all you want to do is be locked up in your apartment. So you're locked up in your apartment in the winter because it's freezing. You're locked up in your apartment in the summer because it's too hot. It's just not fun, guys. It's just not. But, you know, New York City is where dreams come true and the world is just your oyster and everything happens here, you know, from fashion to movies. It's the movers and shakers, the financial district. It's everything. It's everything that I that you need and everything that I don't want any part of because I hate being cold. So that's that. If you're listening to noise right now, it's because they are drilling on the building uh, pretty much right outside my window. I'm on the 16th floor on the Upper West Side, and they're drilling um, holes of some sort. They're checking right now, so they're scaffolding all over my building, which is another wonderful New York treat when they take your entire building and just, you know, make it, like, deface it (laughs) and then... For like two years, you just have all this junk all over your building. And then one day it just all disappears. And you're like, oh, wow, this was a nice, this used to be a nice building. I forgot how nice it was. But that's what's going on right now. And um, there are very brave men outside the window on on uh, these rises doing work. So if you hear that noise, it is not uh, electrical equipment I may or may not have left on in my bedroom in the side drawer, it is just merely some drilling outside. I was actually thinking as the weather gets warmer that I should make a trip to the New York Botanical Garden. Have you guys been there? I was there. The last time I was there, I was probably about seven years old. Isn't that nuts? And I remember... It wasn't necessarily the best time of my life, but I remember taking my dad kept posing us in really pretty because it was it's me and my sister. And my dad, of course, as a great father, would tell us that we were the most beautiful girls in the world. So he would so he took us there. And my dad was the one who always made the trips like, you know, he always was the one who would say, you know, let's go to Disney World. Let's go to the these odd and obscure places or you know let's go to the New York Botanical Garden we have to see the new exhibit or whatever it was and I remember him posing us and saying you know put your hand here and hold a rose there and you know by by some of the rose gardens that were on display or whatever and uh so we have pictures from that time and I have not been back since and I was thinking well you know since I live here and it's a, probably a quick train ride away to the Bronx. I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'll do it just to change the scenery, do something different. I was just thinking that out loud. Um, one of the things about living in New York City is that um, you feel like you have to take advantage of things like the New York Botanical Garden because people come here from all over the world to see all the sights in New York City. And as New Yorkers, you take, you know, you, you just kind of take these things for granted. 
And, uh, you know, I walk by the Empire State Building at least once a week. And you don't appreciate it. You just kind of just keep going because you're just in your in your zone. And uh, I feel like while you're here, you know, while I'm still in New York City, uh, I should take advantage of these things and say, you know, I went to the New York Botanical Garden to see the new orchid display. There's apparently a new orchid display. I don't even like orchids. But, you know, like I said, you feel like you need to do it because you're just here. Uh, it's kind of like how I feel about a lot of places in New York that I just kind of go. <laughs> like Central Park. I live so close to Central Park, guys. And I rarely go in there because it's either too cold or too hot. That's the truth. I mean, there's like a, a couple weeks in, in September in the fall where it's really nice. There's a couple weeks in the spring that you could enjoy. And then there's summer where you want to die. And then the winter where it's it's like uh, it's almost like. It's almost like uh, going into war. Like you may not, you may or may not come out of the park in the winter. It is so cold. I have often thought of setting up camp under some tree and just trying to keep stay there for warmth. And I really think that you know I may not ever come out. So while Central Park, yet again, one of those unbelievable tourist destinations, is not often used by this New Yorker, at least because. It's not all that pleasant. It's pleasant a couple weeks out of the year. That's pretty much it. I'm sorry. That's the truth. That's the truth. There's a lot of people who love to, oh, I just ran through Central Park in 19 degrees. Well, good for you. Good for you. I have a friend, Rihanna, not the singer. Uh, she loves, she does the Ironman competitions and she does, uh, you know, she runs and she's a health nut and she's a vegetarian and blah, blah, blah. And she's always saying that, uh, you know, we should take more advantage of the park and that she runs all the time. She runs from the east side to the west side and then back again. I'm like, I have never done that and I have no intention to. I don't see what's so great about running through the park to get to the other side and then turn around and come right back. I don't get it. If there's a really great meal waiting for me on the other side, possibly. But in that case, I would just take an Uber, get there faster, and not be sweaty and hurt my knees. Running is not good for your knees. My knees are shot to hell in my 40s. I can't imagine if I had been running on my poor joints all this time, what my knees would be like now. They're awful already. I can't imagine. Why do people punish themselves with exercise? I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't be so bad if I'd actually exercised. I don't know. Exercise is also not one of my favorite things. Um, what's one of my favorite things? Okay, let's let's try to bring it up. You know, you can't just be negative, Maria. I hear this all the time. You're just so negative. I am not negative. I am real. There are differences, major differences. I can't stand people who are always like, you know, the negative and the negative because they're just ripping on somebody who sees life in a different way. It's not that it's negative. It's just that it's real. That's the truth. Reality is important to many of us. And I'm one of those people. I don't like, actually, I can't stand these, you know, people who get upset when you tell them the actual truth. Truth is truth. 
It's just what you see when you look at a cup and you say, okay, that cup is red. The reality is the cup is red. It's not pink. It's not fuchsia. It's not another color. It's red. And that's reality. But for people who like to live in fantasy land, they don't like to hear the truth. Um, and I'm sorry, but I guess we can't be friends if you don't like truth because truth is where I live and reality is where I live. And a lot of reality, sadly, I think even a big old chunk of reality, maybe 90% of it is not pleasant. It's not pleasant. That doesn't mean it's negative. It's just not pleasant. And if I choose to talk about it, that doesn't mean I want to be negative. That just means I live in the real world. I have my feet firmly planted on the ground. I'm an earth sign. I'm a Capricorn. Capricorns are almost, we are almost too real. It's like a fault. You know, we, uh, we call things as they are. We say things as they, as they come. You know what I mean? And... I don't sugarcoat and I don't pretend and I don't say things like because I hope they're that way. Like I hope that cup turns pink, that red cup, because I don't want to really believe that it's red. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I've always been that way. I've always been um, just the kid, you know, and I was I was a happy kid. I had a normal childhood. Well, you know, aside from being beaten by my mother every day. But, uh, you know, normal, generally, I guess. Um, but I always saw things in a more adult world and, and, and in an almost adult way. Like even as a kid, I would think of the things that were that kids weren't thinking about. Like kids would say, yay, we're going to the zoo. And I'd start thinking, oh man, that's going to be a lot of money. My parents are going to have to, you know, I was too, I was aware. I was very aware of money. Uh, My mom didn't really let us not think about it. You know, she'd remind us constantly of how things cost money and money is so important and all that. So my reality as a child was all about, you know, how I felt like a burden in a way, you know? So if my parents would say, we're going to the zoo, I'd start thinking, wow, you know, we're going to spend a lot of money. We're going to eat there. Um, we will, you know, I'll probably want a toy. So maybe I'll pull back and, you know, uh, I really need to appreciate the time there because my parents will spend a lot of money. While my sister, on the other other hand, always completely the opposite. She would just take advantage of everything and push everything, push the envelope. And, you know, she'll ask for, she'd ask for two toys, not one. She'd ask for, you know, can we stay longer? Can we do more? Can we go next time? And I was always the other kid, you know? And I think when you are the, uh, the second born, not the first born, (laughs) first born are just spoiled. They just are, you know, because they get so much more attention from their parents. And the secondborns are always people who I I believe they they kind of know their their lot in life, which is you're not that important. You are less important. The first was more important. You're the second important. All right, let's talk about um, let's talk about this woman. Okay, guys, uh, for those who haven't heard the story. And, uh, you know, I'm calling this series, my podcast, City Rantings, because of all the wacky things 
that happened in New York City. Um, it's one of the, it, it is one of the somewhat benefits, I'm going to put benefits in air quotes, benefits of living in a crazy, insane place like New York City. Because things happen here that don't really happen in other places. And they just, you got to laugh. You just got to laugh about it. And and just, you know, you have to say, you know, it's just only in New York. Only in New York. Anyway, this drilling is actually starting to really bug me now. But uh, this woman, I'll tell you the quick story. This woman this week, she's on the back of a city bus, right? And she starts smoking cigarettes, which is a no-no. Yes, it's a no-no. It's a no-no on uh, on city buses to smoke. And so apparently the driver, you know, they he was alerted and obviously smelled the smoke. So he told the woman several times um, on the loudspeaker, you know, in the bus. She, he said, you know, you've got to stop smoking, turn off the cigarette, what have you. And of course, people were complaining, etc. So the woman refuses to stop smoking. And I always think that, I mean, wacky things have happened on buses when I've been on them. And I ride buses a lot in New York City. I will ride a bus a block and a half just to not deal with the cold weather. Like when it's freezing by the river. I live by the Hudson River. It is so cold. And I will do whatever it takes to not have to walk that freezing. And it's windy and it's horrifying. So anyway, I take city buses often. And this kind of scenario happens all the time not the smoking part but just wacky people there's a lot of homeless mentally ill people not that they all are in new york city but you know they happen to be mentally ill or just mentally ill people they're not necessarily homeless but you got it all right you got the scenario so wacky things happen all the time you know people will sit next to you and then burst out in laughter or for no reason or you know just like the other day start asking me all these strange questions and then he tells me that he was let out of uh, his mental institution place for the day. <laughs> and I was like, great, that's fantastic. Um, but anyway, getting back to the story, this woman, uh, so they stop the bus and make everybody get out. You know, they, they told the bus driver, all right, pull over, get everybody off the bus and We'll deal, yeah, we're sending people over to deal with the situation, some transit cops or whatever. Um, so during the exodus from everyone getting off the bus, this woman, the smoker, just, you know, somehow manages to man the bus to get behind the wheel and took off for several blocks driving the bus. The first question that came to my mind when I heard this story was, wait a second, those bus things look really complicated, like behind the wheel of a bus, you know, it's like raised and they have all these buttons and, 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 and stuff going on and levers and whatever. So I'm like, how did this woman just figure that out? Okay, the answer to that question is she used to work as a bus driver in Manhattan. So there goes that because I was like, wow, that's pretty good. If you could just hop behind a gigantic city bus and just drive off, that's kudos. I mean, I got to high five you there, sister, because that's good stuff. I don't think I could, you know, even if they gave me 20 minutes to figure it out, I probably would be like, is this button? I'm not sure. Is that So this woman obviously uh had it together and and figured it out and obviously like i just said she used to work for 
the city transit system. Um, but what really gets me is there's still a key, right? There's still something that allowed her to be able to do that. And why did the bus driver not think of that? Like, how was she able? Because she could have killed people. Luckily, it was a quick ride, A. B, she managed not to run over any pedestrians, which is terrifying. You know, Manhattan's a really small place. You can get from end to end really quickly. There's always, I don't understand how she didn't run over someone. There are always people in the darn street. Uh, at three o'clock in the morning, there's people in the street. This is in the middle of the day. So I don't know how she managed to not kill people or hurt someone very seriously. So, you know, that's just insanity. And how this bus driver left the key or the knob or whatever it is that you they use to turn on these buses. Because now, you know, I'm sure they have that push button thing a lot of cars have. I don't know. I've never driven a darn city bus, but I'm just saying. I can't, you know, I don't understand how that all happened. But that's just one of the wacky things. So it turns out that this woman uh, is mentally ill. She somehow, the family says that she has been in and out of treatments, but somehow uh, has not been, you know, stabilized. So I'm like, it's because she keeps running off on city buses. I don't know, but the point is that yeah, mental illness is a very, very sad thing. Um, I've had my own bouts with depression and lots of, you know, not lots of other issues. I'm just saying. I know uh, mental illness is not funny. Um, but I, at, you know, with this scenario that happened, it is one of those things that I have to say in New York City, you just have to laugh about. That just a random person can get on a bus and drive it for several blocks and not kill anybody thank god was just a wacky thing only in new york now uh let's see the other thing i want to talk about um oscars this weekend it's you know it's funny because everyone in new york city anywhere you go right now in new york city people will be talking about the oscars because of course new york city is full just like just like uh la is is full of aspiring artists actors, theater people, stage people, blah, blah, blah. And somehow they believe that they're, you know, that the Oscars, it's like they're, they're, it's like that beacon of light in, in the, in the abyss that keeps them going. And I'm like, whatever, it's the Oscars. I don't, I used to have to talk about the Oscars all the time or like get ready for them because I had my show and that was the thing to do. But right at this point, I'm just like, so what? It's the Oscars. Like, I don't care. I don't care that Hollywood is sitting there celebrating itself. Um, And not to mention that whole, you know, racial situation this year with Will Smith and his wife and boycotting it because of the lack of ethnic, specifically African-American black uh, recognition and artists and so forth and actors. Um, but in general, you know, regardless of all the drama and regardless of all the controversy, the Oscars is just like, so what? It's the Oscars. I'll see the highlights, whether I want to or not, all over, you know, social media. Um, it's fantastic. It's great, I guess. But I just don't, I just, 
everywhere you go, people will be like, what do you think? And will Leo win? And blah. And I'm like, I don't care unless somebody wants to send me a check. I don't care. And Leo should have won an Oscar a long time ago for Titanic and for The Beach. Did you ever see The Beach? The Beach was an unbelievable movie. And Leo was really young and he should have gotten it uh, back then. I don't know what other movies were up because that's the thing. Even if you have the most phenomenal performance in a movie, maybe another movie was also phenomenal and you may lose. So poor little Leo never had an Oscar and he may get one now for The Reverend, which I have had a copy of The Reverend rolling around my house. My husband got it at work um, from... Uh, because ABC has, you know, reviewers and so forth. So they, you know, lend them out and other patrons, whatever, other people get to review, you know, check out the film, whatever. Uh, I have not been interested enough to actually pop that in and watch it, that DVD. Mainly because, let's go back to the first thing I told you. I hate cold weather. This whole movie has to do with this brutal weather situation you know he's in the snow and he's chasing down some guy who murdered his kid and while the story seems interesting I mean it's not something I we haven't heard before revenge ooh, revenge in a movie how novel so he's trying to get revenge but the fact that he has to trudge through all this cold and snow and all that makes it not worthy for me to watch because I don't you know I get myself in the moment while I'm watching a movie I start feeling like the actor I start feeling cold I start feeling freezing and all the stuff that he's going through and this emotional you know physical incredibly physical journey that he's on and I don't really have the I don't I don't want to drain myself so I kind of just haven't watched it that's the truth so um yeah uh, I don't really care about the Oscars. The one thing, though, which is interesting now, I am trying, as we speak, to write a screenplay for my book, which is called 101 Ways to Torture Your Husband, uh, which is a dark comedy, obviously humorous little book. And I'm trying to write a screenplay around it that based on... Uh, my my life with my you know husband meeting him and all the strange nuances and situations that happened that led me to write a book about torturing my husband um and it's comedy and I've always I guess I've always secretly had a dream to write a movie and be some enormous success screenplay writer um but the only thing that interests me now as far as the Oscars are concerned is what kind of scripts are getting made by Hollywood? Because getting a script to become a film, an actual movie in Hollywood, is equal to, not even equal, it's like winning the lottery, but almost like winning the lottery twice. That is how rare, that is how difficult. And then we see these garbage movies all the time, and I'm like, how did that movie get made? Why did that movie get made? But somehow, you know, like I said, it's it's like winning the lottery. It's like something just stirs something. And it's not necessarily because the script is so good. They just feel like all of a sudden that's the movie we want to get made. I always, I don't know why right now, Baps, remember that movie Baps with Halle Berry eons ago before she was a really good actress? Um, that movie got made. 
Um, lots of stupid, ridiculous plots, uh, you know, movies with these ridiculous plots and, and just that you can't believe that someone is actually going to make this and that people will actually watch it. They get made. But Hollywood is a very, very strange place. And the heavy drugs that many of these people do <laughs> maybe, maybe somehow um, obscure their obscure their uh you know their choices and really bad movies get made i don't even know how the movie with i guess it was probably already being made um the movie with um what was it uh it, not gravity but now i'm gonna just uh now i need to know which one it is but uh it was considered a movie. Let me see. Wait, what is it? Okay, I'll, I'll get back to that. But uh, it, it was, it won a Golden Globe. Um, and I can't even think of the actor right now. I wasn't planning on talking about it, but it just messes with my head right now. But the one about the going into space and getting stuck out there with the dude, you know who I'm talking about. I don't even know why that movie got made when Gravity came out and did so well about being stuck in space in the whole nine yards. It was like, who cares? Why would you do another movie like that? Point is that I am now very interested in seeing which which movies get picked, why, and what the, the idea is. Because Hollywood's, Hollywood has trends, like everything else. You know, Hollywood has these trends where they kind of get into a certain... Um, you know, one movie will set something off and then other movies like it or somewhat, you know, even remotely like it, get made, get picked, get made, fall through that crack and boom, you know, your script is now being considered for, you know, is it may now get made into a movie. So right now that's kind of fascinating to me. And I don't see that many comedies and my my film, my screenplay will certainly be a comedy, but a dark comedy, kind of like, kind of like, um, uh, like a lot of these movies that, um, like War of the Roses, definitely. Um, that's the kind of movie my movie will be. And I don't, it's, it, and there will be lots of comedy, I hope. As we're still, as I'm still getting this together, but um, Trainwreck was the big comedy of last year, and I didn't think it was that funny, guys. Did you Trainwreck? It was okay, and Amy Schumer, and everybody loves Amy, so she's the hot ticket right now, of course, right? Amy Schumer, um, and people got upset with me because I went on Facebook and I said saw Trainwreck, eh. And everyone's like, oh, she wrote that herself and it's unbelievable and it's so great. And I'm like, yeah, but again, I don't see that anything was so, so new and different. It was fine. There was a couple, there were a couple good scenes, specifically the one where she wakes up on Staten Island and sees, you know, New York City far off in the distance and freaks out. I've had that moment. Um but what upset me, actually, I'll tell you, what upset me about Trainwreck was that, like, turn in the movie where she suddenly gets, I didn't even understand so much that she was such a drug addict. It wasn't like, because the whole point of this movie was that she, you know, 
her dad dies and suddenly she sees that she does love this man and that she cleans up her act to be with him and stops like smoking pot and drinking. But I didn't see, they didn't make it clear enough in this movie that that really messed up her life so bad. She was functioning absolutely fine, even with the little, you know, pot smoking and drinking. I don't see, I think, look, if you live in Manhattan, you're entitled to do whatever it is to get you through it, to cope frankly. So I didn't see that it was so terrible. Um, I don't remember any scenes where she just can't function and didn't go to work or like, you know, where drugs became or, or this her lifestyle became such a terrible part of her life. It's just not she wasn't a mom and, you know, her sister's life was very different. But what really bothered me was the turn, that turn where she then puts on that cutesy little dance routine. And I'm like, what is this? What happened? Suddenly, you know, it was kind of a provocative story about a woman, you know, doing her thing, going against the grain, uh, not getting married or having children and all that. But that's okay. That's fine. The Where she got all cutesy and did her little dance with the Knicks. I'm like, oh, God, forget it. Ugh, that's where I, I just completely was deflated. And it was just done. And I put my popcorn down and I just like left. And I felt like bleh. It was just bleh. Come on, Amy. You sold out. But you know what? Um, I have a feeling that Amy's original screenplay didn't end with that silliness. And somehow that's what happens. Hollywood has a formula. And they like the screenplays to stick to it. And... That's where I'm finding difficulty because my screenplay doesn't end so beautifully. It doesn't end with a perfect little bow at the end where Amy does a cutesy dance and they get together and it's so cute and she cleaned up her life. My screenplay has dark, dark turns and may not end happily, um, which is the reality of my life. So... I, I'm very torn and I've spoken to some screenwriters who tell me, all right, do you want to write a movie because you want to tell your story or do you want to write a movie that sells? And apparently happy endings. This is what I get back to these people who just need to be lied to. Happy endings. Everybody wants a happy ending. Everything is not a happy ending, folks. It's not. And I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't made that choice yet where I'm going to write. It's almost like I want to write two different screenplays. The one that ends the real way or the one that ends with me making gazillions of dollars, um, which is a happy ending, happy, perfect ending. Um, there was an interesting ending to that movie, The Intern, Um with uh, with Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. Um, you know, she, uh, spoiler alert, she finds out, blah, 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 her husband's cheating, yada, yada. And then, you know, kind of at the end, you think she's going to leave, but she kind of keeps him. Whatever. It wasn't the happiest ending, but they still tied it up with that perfect little bow. Um, so, anyhow, that's where I am right now considering what I'm going to do, but whatever. I hope Leo wins the Oscar so everything goes back to being a great, happy place for everybody. <laughs> all right. I think that's all I had to say for today. Um, I, If you want to reach out to me, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at 
MediaMariaNY at gmail.com. Media, M-E-D-I-A, Maria, M-A-R-I-A-N-Y at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter, because I have to be, at uh, Maria Garcia NY. Twitter at Maria Garcia NY. I'm on Facebook. Find me on Facebook. It's simply Maria Garcia. I friend everybody because I don't care. Like people are like, my privacy. I don't care. You're not private if you're doing a podcast or on the radio. And I, you know, that's been my whole life. And I put everything out there. I'm like, you know what? When I was periscoping, I was literally periscoping in front of my building. And people are like, people are going to find you. Well, that's why I have a doorman. That's called security. Hopefully no one will be outside my apartment waiting to stab me. Um... But life is as is, uh, whatever. I don't even know how people still talk about privacy in this world where there is no privacy whatsoever. Um, but anyway, I think that's all I've had to, you know, that's all I have to say. Um, I'm waiting right now for my, I don't know if you guys have seen the ads on Facebook or other places, ladies specifically. It's this thing called Wonderbrow. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is my best, this is my excitement of the day. I'm waiting for my Wonderbrow to come in the mail so I can try it. My eyebrows are a hot mess. And that is my, my big, that's my big sunshiny spot for the day. Uh, I wanted to talk about Chrissy Teigen and uh, her baby IVF thing. But all I have to say is it's none of your business, people. Stop giving that woman crap for choosing to have a girl. Um, like choosing the sex of her baby. She made these eggs. She made these embryos. She had boys. She had girls. She chose to put a girl inside her. What is wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. It's none of your business. It's not your baby. It's not your, it's not your belly that it's, why do people feel the need to just give your two stupid cents over someone else's life? Who cares? And if she had a girl, listen, I, I have a boy. They're bad enough. Girls are absolutely insane. So actually you should, you know, you should feel sorry for the woman because girls are, are crazy, especially when they're teenagers. I, I, I thank God every day that he gave me a boy. Um, and that was his choosing. But I love it where people are like, you go against God. Because she chose, she went against God when she chose the sex of her baby. She chose the sex of her baby because she could, because she has money. And she went through IVF and leave her alone. She's a supermodel who's ruining her body with a baby. At least she didn't, you know, make someone else have it, which plenty have. Anyway, that was the quick Chrissy T. She's the the wife of John Legend, who um, I think he must have had sex with Oprah for Oprah to love him as much as she did because she made him a superstar. He has to thank her every day. Um... So now I'm really done. I really am. And uh, I'm going to, I am going to, I never remembered the name of that movie that I wanted to talk about. The Astronaut? (laughs) This is what my life is. Uh, But for now, I think I'm going to go back to watching baby, kitty, piggy, cat videos. Baby animals make me happy. So thanks for joining me, City Rantings. I'm your host, Maria Garcia, wishing you a wonderful Friday from New York City, where wild things always happen. Be good, stay safe. Hasta la bye-bye for now.